Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Not only are they the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, but when you visit them and schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they'll set you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's right. You're going to take care of your teeth anyways. You might as well check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental and schedule that cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. And not only that, but they are fantastic. They've been part of our DNVR family for so long, so make them part of yours, and you get that free Sonicare toothbrush. So check him out over at Green Mountain Dental. All right, Ryan and Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace, RK at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. None for still waiting for, we'll bring on the chase. Out on the Mile high, Broncos win is our desire. Couple with brick, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. We are DNVR and we are live from Studio A here at the DNVR bar. The A stands for another one. And another two, actually. (laughs) Uh, Two more head coaching interviews for the Denver Broncos today. Jonathan Gannon and Gerard Mayo. One already underway. Still going? Done. Done. Gerard Mayo, check off. They're on their way to Philadelphia now. Jonathan Gannon next. They're on their way to Philly. Some cheesesteaks for lunch, maybe. Mm. Or just steaks, as they call them Yeah, probably steaks with cheese on top. Sign me up. (laughs) It sounds good. A lot of other countries roast America for putting cheese on everything. You like melt some cheese over my steak, you will not get a complaint. Now, from me. are you American cheese, provolone, cheese whiz? Honestly, uh, probably provolone and whiz. I went with whiz Monday night down at uh, at Pat's on Arapahoe. I've never been to a cheesesteak place outside of Philly. Yeah. I, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, the, ki- the taste of yeah, taste of Philly's good. Did Denver go Ted's is good. I don't remember that. Yeah, the, the key is. You have to it's make sure they have the right roll. If they have an Amoroso roll, you know they're trying to do an authentic Philly cheesesteak. I think the Broncos should, you know, win in Rome and go to gyms. So they call cheap Philly cheesesteaks just, just call them steaks. Just steaks out there. So how do you yeah. differentiate between a cheesesteak and a steak steak? I just don't think they eat normal steaks <laughs> in Philly. <laughs> they take the ribeye and they slice and they slice it and dice it up. There you go. So you go It's literally to... called Jim's steaks. Oh, yes. okay. 
That's man. Because it's, it's not a cheesesteak unless you put you opt to put cheese on it. There's Jim's steaks, and then there's there's uh, Steve's. Is he Prince of Steaks? Right, I think so. I don't know that. Yeah. One. Then you and then Gino's steaks. Pat's, yeah. Pat's is, Pat's king of steaks, I, I believe. Mm, you guys yeah. are killing me. Just yeah. go to Jim's. It's it's lunchtime Jim's, right now. If you're I'm in starving. Philly, yeah, go to Jim's and wait. It's worth the wait. It, yeah, it, I've waited over an hour. I waited an hour there five years ago. It's tremendous. <laughs> In the cold, standing outside, does not matter. All right, uh, b- before we move on and talk about things other than steaks, um, a shout-out to MSU Denver Online, msudenver.edu slash online, the place to go to scope out all they have to offer, and they've got a lot to offer, including the best online education you can get while working a full-time job. MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution, and when you use the code DNVR, when you apply, you can have your application fees waived. So check out our friends over at msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what is up? Man, it feels like a little Philly weather, Boston weather outside today. We got that cold drizzle. Oof, freezing yeah. us out. Uh, people are slipping and sliding around. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's not, not great out there, but could be a big day for the Broncos. Zach, you mentioned – was it both of these guys that you mentioned yesterday? As le- no, no. One of these yep. guys, you said Gerard Mayo, a legitimate dark horse candidate. Yep. Um, and then Jonathan Gannon, you know, he was with Peyton in Minnesota. Mace, you've kind of alluded to the idea of, like, trying to help elevate a guy. Although Obviously, he got an interview with Houston, too. Giving him yes. a chance. Yeah. I actually think that helped because the Broncos sent out the first interview for Jonathan Ginn, and then a couple others followed. I'm still annoyed that the Broncos aren't in- interviewing Mike McDaniel. Yep. Um, but and then there's another one that I saw randomly. Well, Vance Joseph is getting an interview with yep. the Dolphins. Yeah. Might be the favorite down there. Oh God. Wow. To go from Brian Flores to Vance Joseph, I just wouldn't understand it from a what you're looking for standpoint. It's who you can work with better though, and Chris Greer. They'll, they're going to regret he that. He butted so heads deeply. with Brian Flores, but Vance Joseph very well thought of in that building for his year's defensive coordinator. Wait, so Mace, it, it's, it's who they work well with or who they can control? Because in Denver, John Elway wanted mm. to control everything. and so uh, He, he also wanted like a buddy to go to the bar at no, Elway's. Uh, yeah. you, you, don't, okay, you don't need a buddy, but what you want is harmony. No, totally. Order. And that's, why I, that's yeah. the biggest reason why I'm on board with Dan Quinn. Yeah, uh, because I think they're going to have harmony between those two. We'll get to those guys here in just a second. Uh, but uh, Woody Page bullied me into listening to a podcast <laughs> yesterday. Um, so uh, since I didn't want to be like a low life with no job or whatever he said, you um, call me a low life with no job. Yeah, right dude, now? that's what that's what, I haven't that's been able what to Woody's calling. Grinding on this. Woody, what did Woody say? He said, uh, "Do some research." Uh, it might even help you if, in your career if you have one. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not to me, just to the world. So I said, you know what, Woody? Oh, and he said, unless you're too lazy. Uh, I'm not lazy, and I have a career. So uh, you know what? I'm going to listen to the podcast. Really impressive. Uh, now, the host does that like overly like motivational, spiritual thing that mm. kind of is off-putting. But uh, for me, at least. Um, me too. But that was hard for me to get past, honestly. Yeah, in the in the pod. But Dan Quinn shines, man. And I had, I mean, I could probably talk about this for a whole show, so I'll just try to keep it to my highlights. One, I don't know how else else to explain this other than I've never heard a football coach sound like a real person before, and Dan Quinn just sounds like a a real person. 
um, like who has like real conversations outside of football. Well, and, and that's something that I've heard is just his ability to connect with everyone, yep. whether it's media, whether it's players, whether it's players' families, whether it's his boss in terms of a general manager. He he's, does an excellent job of being able to connect, which is very important from a leadership standpoint. The other thing from a big picture standpoint that stood out is emotional intelligence. Um, again, a thing that I don't know if a lot of football coaches have, you know, not to get into like toxic masculinity or anything like that, but he's like very in tune with his emotions, very in tune with who he is, who he is very willing to acknowledge his failures um, and acknowledge his successes um, and why he was able to reach each one. Um, and, and so I, I was just listening to that, like this guy really understands himself, which I think is a huge thing. Then to get down to the details, my two favorite moments of the podcast. One, he talked about how he likes he, he really believes in building trust with his players and how that has to go both ways. He has to trust them the same way he wants them to trust him. And he, he mentioned a story where Julio Jones came up to him during a, a play, and he's like, Julio Jones is not like this. But Julio Jones came to me and said, call, X, call this play. I can get behind this corner. And he's like, Julio had never done that before. So I just said, yeah, call the play. Next play, 75-yard touchdown. And he's like, you, if you want those players to trust you and believe in you, you have to believe in them when they come to you and, and have a moment like that. I love that. Um, he talked a lot about adapting to players' skill sets, which we all love. Um, and then, oh, gosh, what was the final one? The final one that I really loved, um, trying to keep this brief, is he talked about how he never feels more alive than in two minute situations, mm -hmm. late game situations. And he says, I pride myself upon having already thought of every possible thing that could happen in those times and being able to react instantly. And it was like, that the, was, that was music to my ears. Yes. The anti Vance yeah. or the anti Vic Fangio from and Vance yeah. Joseph. Yeah. The, the, the fact that, that you've already considered that, and that makes me think, wonder, what he's going to do in terms of how he structures kind of his end game plan, his game management plan. Does instead of saying, oh, well, it's going to be just maybe Mike Munchak or Tom McMahon or whoever, I could see part of his plan for the Broncos being someone specifically involved with game management that is in charge of that. Oh, and he has yeah. no ego. Yes. When right. it comes to this stuff, he talked about, you know, how, um, how he, he, so oftentimes feels like he needs to help with everything but has to remind himself i, I you know i can let these guys do mm -hmm. what they need to do and just be there if they need help that's what i want to be so i could go on and on it was really impressive it, if you don't like dan quinn there's no way you could listen to that and not mm -hmm. come away liking him at least a little bit more that doesn't mean he has to be your favorite for head coach and he's still not mine he's my second um but uh you won't if you listen to that listen to it before the broncos hire him so you don't have like the orange and blue glasses on listen to it while you still don't like him and then tell me how you feel afterwards yeah and and i love hearing that about the two minute the two minute uh, situations because not only being able to dish responsibilities out and not have the ego but live for those situations that's something that we've seen the last two coaches kind of panic and we talked about it yesterday the panic face on the sideline the confused face dan quinn's not gonna have that the last thing he talked about uh the pain from that super bowl loss and i just loved what he said here because we all blame kyle shanahan right mm -hmm. he said the thing that eats away at me um is that i let people down i felt like i let people down um by not being 
uh, for, by not expecting one or two things to happen. Uh, and, and I was hearing that as like he wasn't ever thinking they were going to be up 28 to three in that game. You know, like right. they were pre- mm-hmm. they didn't have a game plan. They didn't have a, pre- mm-hmm. a, a plan for what do we do when we're up 28 to three? Uh, and maybe that's not what he meant, but that's how I heard it. And I just love that. He took it all on himself, said, I let a lot of people down. And that's what uh, that's what eats at me at night. Well, it should be on him. I mean, at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan was just the offensive coordinator. So, so, so that's that's the right type of leadership to take, though, right? Totally. All right. It is the right type of leadership, but he talks about trusting his people. And the interesting thing there is that Kyle has blamed himself for that as well and said, oh, man, and, and looked back and said, I need to be a little bit more conservative there. And that's where I wonder if one of the lessons that he learns, even though you trust the people under that are working for you and working with you, you say, that's where you kind of put the arm on the shoulder and say, look, we're in field goal. We're in Matt Bryant's field goal range. Or if it's the Broncos, we're in McManus range. All we need is three here, and we've got this. Yeah. We don't need to keep throwing the ball. Totally. And really quick on Dan Quinn, Broncos are going to have a lot of competition for him. He just interviewed with the Vikings today. I think he has a couple more. You kind of shrug, though. You don't think they have much competition? You want him, you got him. You think so? In my opinion, yep. Mm. I think think Dan Quinn wants this. That's what I mean. Most, yes. So I think he wants to work with George Payton. I think that you know he wants he wants this job. He likes this opportunity. Now, someone you know say there's might be some job who comes in and it's too good to pass up, especially if they have a quarterback. Right. But and that 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 would be a selling point for another team. Totally. But I think it's a, I think it's a you want him, you got him situation. Um, la, uh, one more thing on Dan Quinn. Surprised the the interview didn't go uh like insanely long last night yeah just a normal interview but now the interview could have ended mm-hmm. and then they could have gone out for drinks well you have to remember that george payton and dan quinn already know each other so it, it's mm-hmm. not a meet I, and greet yeah. and then an interview it's just an interview i just expected like they'd be hanging out all night and maybe they were the broncos just didn't share that information it, <laughs> the thing is though it, it seems like most of these interviews are about the same length right that's yeah. what i mean they're I'm, all they're all like three to f- like four hours at the most but they also did, right. didn't fly out last night for a reason. So I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went out for some drinks after the And interview. slept it off and then got yeah. on the plane today. Didn't they fly out last night, though? We had heard yesterday. they did. Did yes, they? We I had heard yesterday did. that they were staying the night. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that changed. Okay, yeah. Last night, I think I heard they were flying out last mm-hmm. night. Maybe the interview went terrible and they canceled <laughs> their plans to go get drinks <laughs> after the interview. What if they just brought Dan with them? Yeah, it's possible. I guess they're like, just wait in the plane, bro. We'll get you some board hash. Uh, okay. Or maybe it's like, well, you know what? We know, we know you. We'll pick this up in the second interview. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So the Broncos did um, fly to Boston uh, this morning and had a, ma- a little mayo in the morning. Not, I wouldn't do it, but some would. I put mayo on fried egg sandwiches that I have for breakfast. Uh, I guess that. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. do it, but it doesn't sound bad. I, I shouldn't really say I good. wouldn't do it. I haven't done it. <laughs> yeah. Um, slice of cheese, slice a little bit, little spread of mayo, a couple of fried eggs. So let's You're dive going. into Gerard Mayo here. Um, what is his path to becoming the Denver Broncos head coach? What does he do in this interview that could potentially win over George Payton? It's 100% leadership. And, and we talk about it with Dan Quinn, how he is the proven leader. Gerard Mayo is the guy with the most untapped potential for leadership right now and that's how he wows George Payton because he can't really point his experience with the Patriots I don't think that's going to be a selling card because look 
So many people can point to their experience with the Patriots, and it's pretty much all bad once they leave the Patriots. And Mace has mentioned it. Uh, not only was Gerard Mayo a, a big-time leader when he was a player, but also then then went on in, in the corporate world and, and was a good leader. Then he, he brought him back to be a, a coach with the Patriots, and everything we've heard is fantastic leadership. So that's how he blows George Payton away, is by coming in and just George just saying, this is the best leader I've ever been around. And if he's only 35 years old, what type of leader could he become? And that is why Gerard Mayo is such a hot name right now around the NFL. The Broncos, I believe, were the first team to be in on him. And that sparked a lot of interest around the league. And since leadership is the number one thing George Payton's looking for, that's a huge reason why I heard don't sleep on him yet. Yeah, and the other possibility here, of course, if he doesn't get a head coaching job out of this cycle is – there's still the possibility that he could be interviewing to be your coordinator. And so less my, of a possibility, I think, because of the other things that may be in front of him, including potentially that Houston job. But there's still is, there, there's still a potential path to hiring a Dan Quinn or hiring a Nathaniel Hackett and having Gerard Mayo come aboard and be a coordinator. I w- again, I would not say it's likely. I'd say it's still in the realm of possibility. Now, so for me, I think that is a very likely scenario mm-hmm. with Luke Getze, mm-hmm. who the Broncos interviewed to be their offensive coordinator, whether whether Dan mm-hmm. Quinn's a coach, whether it's Nathaniel Hackett. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have to worry about another team hiring Luke Getze. If, uh, if you want Gerard Mayo in your building, you cannot discount him and say this is for defensive coordinator. And, mm-hmm. and I do think that if he's not hired, Mace, I think mm-hmm. that's a great point, that he could be your defensive coordinator. I think he's going to be hired by someone. And mm. so if you want him in where you can kind of put Luke Getzey to the side, I don't think you can do that with Mayo. Yeah. I'm not rolling the dice on a first-time coach that isn't an offensive guy. Uh, if I'm going first-time coach and I'm taking the risk that someone might come in here and be in over their head, which is my number one fear when it comes to these guys, I am just worry that it's a little too much for Gerard Mayo or for Mike McDaniel even, you know, who's my favorite, to come in and handle everything. I mean, it was too much for Vic Fangio, and he literally too much for Vance came Joseph. in with three and a half decades of pro coaching experience. It, it's, it doesn't work for everyone. So if I'm rolling the dice on that, I'm also rolling the dice on getting the next hot offensive name that, you know, takes the league by storm with their, with their great play calling. That's like – that to me is worth rolling the dice for in the – golden age of offensive football in the NFL. So then would you have been out on Brandon Staley last year? Yes. Okay, fair, very fair. But you would have obviously, and we've talked about this before, you would have been in on Sean McVay, at least for an interview. Yeah, uh, Sean McVay, Zach Taylor. Right. And not it's not even like Zach Taylor is like, you know, taking the league by storm with crazy play calls. But he knew what he was doing on offense. He knew what he wanted at quarterback. He did have the luxury of the number one overall pick yeah. uh, following a Heisman national champion. But I was just I I was in on Cliff Kingsbury, who I'm actually might be out on now. Yeah. Um, but like I I want if I'm rolling the dice on that, it's show me why you're going to get us up to speed with with mm-hmm. with the NFL offense. Yeah, and, so you and, might be out on Kingsbury. That's actually news. I'm well, I read I, did I read that stat on the sh- I guess I didn't read that stat on the show. Right. There was an alarming stat that came out i saw it from action network i've seen a few places in his eight years of coaching in the last six games of the season 
He's never done better than losing four out of six. Ooh. Yikes. And the, wow. weren't there some that were 0-5 and, five and five, oh, yeah. losing five One and six? five. Yeah, I mean, and he had Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he did. At Texas Tech for, uh, for a couple of minutes there. And he's it's had a number one overall pick in Kyle yeah. Murray here. It basically follows the same trend every single year. Hot start, slow finish. Yeah. yeah. That's, to me, like when I'm looking, if I'm the Cardinals GM, I just, I'm looking at this eight consecutive seasons of this. And just being like, I think, I, I think this is just who he is. I don't know if we can get get him off of this. So I, uh-huh. he's he's a he's really smart when it comes to scheming offense in the off season. I think that's what this comes down to. But and so he comes in with figure him out right, exactly. He comes yeah. in with all this new stuff. People figure it out, and he does. I don't know if he just doesn't have the time or what to like come up with the next thing in the middle of the season. But it's it's definitely alarming. It's kind of crazy how he went from maybe the hottest coach for the Oklahoma job and like the, the hottest, hottest coach, coach in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in some regards. You got to get rid of the facial hair <laughs> if, you, if you want that title back. Wow. Uh, it, and especially tied with that Oklahoma job to now, like a lot of people are out on him. Now he's not going to get fired this offseason, but I think one more year of this he could be. Yeah, and to be fair, even if I might be out on him now, it still would have been a better hire than Vic Fangio. Yeah, yes. I mean, they, <laughs> they were in the playoffs this year, yeah. right? They lost in the playoffs, but that's better than just not having an opportunity. Wouldn't have had Kyler here, though, unless they would have been willing to trade up. Well, I mean, would the Cardinals would, have yeah. taken Car- uh, Kyler without Cliff? Probably, yeah. I don't depends think who they so. Hired. Yeah. Depend, yeah, it depends if their coach fell in, whoever they're, they, they hired fell in love with Kyler. It's mm. possible that they would have. Kyler, maybe, uh, maybe Kyler would be a Raider right now because they had the fourth pick that year, right? Yeah. My Kyler concerns are are rising as well. Now I'm not ready to to you know pull the plug on him. He's always going to be a very good quarterback. In but this he league. but he had his his uh, Trent Dilfer Jake Plummer moment there Monday night when when Russell Wilson <laughs> is saying what you should be doing and you're doing the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. You got me concerned. I'll say Kyler is uh, he's pretty darn inconsistent, yep. and that is a concern. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, on Ger- on Gerard Mayo. Um, any other things that you think we need to note? Yeah, I do. I do. I think uh, a big topic of concern in Denver is the Patriot way. Look, the Broncos have hired a young genius on one side of the ball to be a first-time head coach before, and that blew up in their face. Is that? I, I, I want to ask you guys, is that something that the Broncos should be concerned about? I mean, the only thing is, like, the, the, the one guy who's kind of connected to the Patriots, even though – he didn't coach for Belichick, but he played for him a long time, is Mike Vrabel. And Mayo's resume more closely resemble, resembles that of Vrabel than anybody else who's come from off of the Bill Belichick tree. So I think you're looking at kind of a different set Flores? of attributes. Flores had been a much longer-term coach. Okay. I mean, basically with Vrabel, you had four years and seven years coaching, four years in the pros, Played a, played a long time at linebacker, team leader, team captain, just kind of like Gerard Mayo was. So you are you looked at Vrabel when the Titans hired him, and you're like, wow, only four years in the pros as a coach, one year as a coordinator, and the Titans were 32nd in scoring defense. But you were thinking, you were thinking about the leadership attributes. You were thinking about how he not only runs the team, but how he connects – the, the locker room to the rest of the organization, how he gets everyone, you know, basically rowing in the same direction. And to Tennessee's credit, it's worked. And it's worked without a great quarterback, a guy who's been pretty good at times, but not great. And so, frankly, I think Mike Vrabel's success is why we're talking about Gerard Mayo 
being on radars right now because they're because okay, what's the what has translated from the Patriot way from the Belichick way? It's this kind of coach. Fair enough. Uh, I would be worried about it. Not necessarily, not necessarily because of Josh McDaniels, but because of the other failures. Um, you know, one after another, after another, everywhere they go. College level too. I mean, because you look yep. at guys like Charlie Weiss, who, yep. you know, bomb, like bombed out at Notre Dame. I mean, it, 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 and then Kansas. It happened. It's just it's a pattern. It, it that methodology, with the exception of of Vrabel in Tennessee. That methodology just has not translated. I think of it like this, and this isn't a one-to-one comparison, but Peyton Manning did things a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. No one else changed plays at the line the way that he did. No one else does that. Like, mm-hmm. if Teddy Bridgewater goes into a game and tries to play it like Peyton Manning, it's going to be a disaster. Peyton Manning is one of the greatest of all time. Bill Belichick might be the greatest of all time. I think that the idea that you can take his style and just go out somewhere else and do it is, is asinine. Well, when you make a copy, like a, back in the old days when we you, you'd go into the Xerox and make copies, right? You make one copy, and it's it's it looks fine, but it's not quite as good as the original. Then you make a copy of the copy, and a copy of the copy, and so on. The more copies you make, the farther you, you are removed from what the original is. It's not the same. And I think that's what we end up getting here with some of these Belichick acolytes. Here's the difference with Vrabel, though. Vrabel was never a coach with the Patriots. Yeah, he, he, was a, he, he played he never, a decade, but he never coached. Exactly. Yes. He never coached there. Uh, Gerard Mayo is is kind of the complete opposite. He is a 100% New England Patriot. Only played with the Patriots. Only coached with the Patriots. Now does have some experience outside the NFL, but all of his experience in the NFL is with the Patriots. So I think that's what makes some people concerned is he's the ultimate Patriot. And like you said, Ryan, it's not just Josh McDaniels. It's a lot of other guys that have been Patriots that have gone on and failed miserably. So there's two things I'm looking for if I'm George Payton. The first, how willing is he to work with me? Because George Payton would be the guy that Josh McDaniels didn't have. Josh McDaniels didn't have anyone uh, above him that could say no to him. I mean, he came in and, and just took over all the power. George Payton, obviously wouldn't let that happen. So would he be willing to work with him? If so, that's a good sign that that he would be different. And the other thing is, if he comes in, and it would be a bold strategy, a bad strategy, if Gerard Mayo comes in with the a-hole type of mentality to show that type of leadership in the interview. If he does that, nope, nope, sorry, you're gone. But if he comes in and he just seems like a completely different type of leader, then mm-hmm. you shouldn't just eliminate someone because they coached for someone or they played with someone or they went to this sort of school. You're going to miss out on good people there. So that's the biggest thing. And I think George Payton can get a very mm-hmm. good idea of that in an interview or two if there's a second one and i would say this for gerard mayo be himself because the way you've kind of seen him when he's just the the way he is on the sideline the way he was as a player the way he interviews being the ah as it were that's not him right and i I just don't think he himself yeah i don't think he would do that if that's not him yeah i think Um, he's a lot more like dan quinn than Bill, bill belichick in terms of emotional intelligence like that and our our guy hank comes in and says mayo would probably get me the most excited and i think in terms of a non-offensive guy i agree and and of course the offense is going to be exciting but i agree i i think he would he would really excite people once he's in here yeah i mean he's gonna win your your press conferences exactly i have a feeling about that just because he's a motivator Mm -hmm. um that's not everything nick sirianni lost the press conference he's doing fine i would be more excited about dan quinn okay okay Yep. Um, all right, guys, before we move on, I want to tell you guys a little story. So last night 
um, I had a little business meeting downstairs. Mm, and what type of business meeting are we talking? A meeting about business. Oh, okay. A and, real one. Not, yeah, not no, like no, one. it wasn't okay, like okay. a let's get hammered <laughs> meeting. I do like this. Um, guys asking, hey, what should I get? What should I order? I'm like, bro, you got to get the chicken sandwich. Um, anyways, finish up. Here's the quote. That chicken sandwich was literally the best I've ever had. How about that? Because I've been, I've been like not trying to oversell it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I think it's the best you can get at a bar. Yeah. Um, straight from the, straight from the source. <laughs> first time ever having it. No connection here. Literally the best I've ever had. That's why you got to come down to the DMVR bar. What do you think makes sandwich. it good? Like what? There are chicken sandwiches almost anywhere. What is the difference between? the DMVR chicken sandwich and the other guys. So it's sandwich. double dipped. So you get extra crunchy on That's the outside. Huge. Okay. And then it's the, the buns that we have here are amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and then they don't short you on the pickles, which are, you got to have a pickle, a bite of pickle in every bite, which you don't always get with a chicken sandwich. Right. And then that chipotle mayo on there. Ah. Or chipotle aioli is yes. what it is. Man, um, that sounds so freaking good. It's Although I don't think I want pickles on my pizza. That may be one thing that you can shortchange uh, me on. But don't worry. They're not going to do that over at Sexy Pizza. I think there is a pickle on pizza a pickle thing somewhere. Pizza. Okay, okay. Not, at, it, not at Sexy Pizza. Isn't, uh, oh, isn't ranch dipping your crust in ranch? Isn't that a Colorado thing? No, dipping our crust in honey is a Colorado in honey thing. Is it, I think it may be ranch as well no? well we dipped the whole pizza in it's it's really true and <laughs> you can do that over at sexy pizza and of course they are well within our community 13 years being entrenched in the denver community and one of the cool things they do is they give back to our community with their philanthropies a portion of every sale from these five specialty pies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in colorado which is so cool you can go to sexy.pizza for their and look at their about page to see who they donate to and you can also go to sexy.pizza to get some delicious pizza with 12 16 18 inch crusts of course they also have salads which mace loves the italian one you can get everything you want and it is so delicious we put our stamp of approval on it because we have it at our dnvr broncos tailgates and you can bring it home as well they have four denver locations one in capitol hill old south park jefferson park hill and actually five they have a new location in trinidad so if you're close to any of those make sure to get that for dinner tonight or this weekend i'm looking up pickles on pizza now by the way i've seen it there's like yeah. a hamburger and pickle pizza yes that's what i like a cheeseburger mm. like a cheeseburger and pickle yeah. so you basically like a, you have the ground beef the cheese from the pizza you have the pickle i mean i'm in <laughs> now the thing is do you dip it in like ketchup Oh, you might lose me. Then. Yeah, see. What if you made, yeah. instead of pasta sauce, ketchup was the bottom oh layer? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know someone's done it. <laughs> yes. What was the one that we saw? Oh, banana on pizza. They yeah. do that in Sweden. Right. That's wow. there. There's all sorts of weird stuff going on in in Scandinavia because, like, dipping, Shout out to me. Dip it, dipping your pizza in ketchup is a Norwegian thing. Hmm. Next door over from Sweden. I've... 
I've heard someone recently who did that. I think someone at PHNX dips their pizza <laughs> in ketchup. Well, if you're doing that, people yeah. may say you've been uh, hitting up Lightshade Dispensary a little too much. And Fair. maybe if you're trying to get all that, mm. all that, those those munchies, you may be. And you can get 25% off going to Lightshade Dispensary, whether you go in one of their 11 in-person locations here in the Denver metro area, or if you're going online, you get 25% off by using the code DNVR over at Lightshade Dispensary. And right now they are featuring Wana Optimals Fast Asleep 20 to 100 THC to CBD. And if you want to get some shut eye, get to bed faster, sleep better, Wana is the way to go. They've got those, whether you're the connoisseur or you're the casual customer, they've got everything you could want over at Lightshade Dispensary. And make sure to use the code, whether you're in person or online, DNVR to get 25% off. All right. Speaking of Norway and pizza, Norwegians eat the most pizza in the world on a per capita basis. Respect. That is not who I would have guessed. 50 million frozen pizzas sold in Norway. Oh, they just go frozen. <laughs> wow. Yes. They love frozen. There is like, there's a frozen pizza called Pizza Grandiosa that has been unofficially called, quote, the national dish of Norway. <laughs> How about that? Yes. Uh, I have so much respect for that. I want to go there now. Um, quickly, so here we... dip it in ketchup. Apparently, like the people have like this pizza at like holiday meals, like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. They're eating pizza. This these sound like my people. <laughs> uh, quickly, a coaching update from Woody Page here. Um, I feel like this is notable. Mm-hmm. He's. I, I mean. He, He's speaking in absolutes here, so I feel like he must have a pretty good source on this. Quinn and Moore interviewed extremely well, as we would expect. Aaron Glenn will be a head coach, but not yet. Same for Mayo. Getsy impressive, but not ready. Quinn and Hackett, Hackett and Quinn, still leaders. Biennemi, Callahan, and O'Connell still have real chance. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So he's essentially ruling out Mayo. Is it interesting, though, that the Callahan interview is the only one that won't be in person? Now there's a reason. Not an option, right? It's, it's the schedule because the Bengals play on Saturday. They're talking to Callahan. Is it tomorrow or, fr- or Friday? They're Friday, talking- I think. Yeah, and with the travel and everything, they can't do it in person. But it's it might weaken Callahan a little bit that he's the only one who's not going to be able to sit down face to face with the Broncos. It could player. also get him an excuse for a second interview. Good. Yeah. It very well could. I I find it interesting. He thinks all three of those remaining candidates still have a chance, or if he just doesn't want to write the interview, write them off before they have an interview. Yeah, I think it's kind of what you're saying there. The, the yeah, we already took, we went over this yesterday. I don't know if anyone ever had a chance. It's very true. Mm-hmm. Yep, we called the dogs <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little bit about Jonathan Gannon here. Uh, certainly not one where if you look at the numbers. Uh, for him as a defensive coordinator, you're going to get excited. Similar to Aaron Glenn in that regard. Yeah, well, what you're looking at Jonathan Gannon is the next Brandon Staley. It yeah. is what you're trying Which to hire. If Brandon you hire Staley him. missed the playoffs. I don't know if we forgot about that. I would still say he had a successful season, and I'm higher on Brandon Staley than maybe you. Uh, I, I would mm-hmm. still absolutely take him to be the, the head coach. I'll say this. If he was the Broncos coach and they had Justin Herbert and they didn't make the playoffs, we'd be hammering him. As his first year as a head coach, you, I mean, yeah. I think so. I think, I that, think they should have been a playoff. I think playoffs team. should have been expectation yeah. for them this year, and they fell short of expectations. Okay, okay. I, I think, I but think that's he had a, they're the Chargers. I think he had a good first season, not a great, but a good first season. I think he showed me enough. Where man, that's a guy that I want as my head coach. I like a lot about him, mm-hmm. um, but I got to see results on Sundays. I think he's great 
you know, Monday through Saturday. Well, well he, he like, has a winning yeah. record. He has, and, a, he has uh, a winning record, yes, but he, does. he has with, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, yeah. And the other thing is, he's a defensive guy. His defense was terrible most of the year. I just don't – what I'm saying here Guys, is – this reminds I, me too much of Dan Quinn. I mean, we, we, we talk about it. Dan Quinn had a, uh, a, a MVP caliber quarterback – uh, which you could say Justin Herbert is trending toward. His defense was the underwhelming part. You guys are so high on Quinn, yet low on Staley. I, I, and he Staley hasn't first proved year. anything. Yeah. Dan Quinn went to a Super Bowl. Dan Quinn's been – yeah, exactly. Right Dan, now, Brandon Dan Staley Quinn has a better had, winning record. Look, I'm not Dan saying Quinn has three, He has two conference championship rings. One of them is assistant. One, one Super Bowl ring – as an assistant, he's guided a team to the Super Bowl as a head co- as a head coach. As John Fox would say, there are skins on the wall for all I'm saying. Dan Quinn, look, 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 Dan Brandon had, Staley Dan, just doesn't. Dan Quinn had way more experience though. Let me just let me just say this. I'm not saying I'm out on Brandon Staley. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm not impressed enough by him in one year to be searching for the next one. Okay. Okay. And and I would be per- personally. Um. And I I'm I'm that impressed with where Staley is. And saying that though. I don't need to go search for the next one right now. I like I like Brandon Staley, uh, and I think it's more important to go find the next young offensive head coach as opposed to the next young offensive or young defensive head coach. And that's what Jonathan Gannon is because, like you said, Ryan, he had some good stretches as defensive coordinator with the Eagles this year. He also started off really tough, and then obviously we saw what happened this past this past week uh, against Tampa Bay. Gronk uh, wide open. Yeah, he's a guy that I think is going to be in the mix in a couple of years. I, I, I still think he, he's a, a little bit off, though. Yeah. yeah, there was some friction between him and Fletcher Cox earlier this year. The Eagles were – season, I should say. The Eagles were struggling. It was right after they lost to Las Vegas. They were giving up, I believe, at that point, 28 points a game. at that, And, and Cox kind of called Gannon out, not, didn't, not mentioning his name, but kind of pointed to frustration with how he was being used the type of pressure packages mm. that they were bringing. And so Gannon, to his credit, kind of spoke with Fletcher Cox, got on, got on the same page, changed some things. Cox was a better player down the stretch. He returned to kind of to his normal form in terms of pressure rate, hurry rate, sacks, et cetera, in the back half of the season. And the Eagles, as a defense improved from 28 points a game until to 16 up until that game where they set all their starters in week 18. So one thing you like about Gannon is the willingness to not simply dismiss what a play, a concern that a key player has and to actually listen to that player and incorporate that into what you're doing tactically. That's, that's kind of a Dan Quinn thing, an emotional intelligence. I was thing. just gonna say it reminds me of something I heard on uh, on that podcast with yeah. Dan Quinn yesterday. He was talking about how he's in a meeting with one of his coaches, and one of his coaches was like, "We need these players to call each other out more. We need them to tell, like, call each other out and tell them when they're screwing up." And Dan Quinn said to the assistant, "We don't even do that enough as coaches. How can we expect them to do it?" And he went on to think about how like we don't offer enough constructive criticism just mm-hmm. as humans. Uh, and I think it's probably true because we're, you know, a lot of times we think it might hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. Um, and I love Fletcher Cox probably should have gone directly to Jonathan Gannon, but I love that Jonathan Gannon was able to accept that criticism and put it into action. 
Yeah, yeah, and and that that's leadership, right, right there, right, and that's what you would be hiring Jonathan Gannon for is not for the incredible defensive mind, just like Brandon Staley. You're not hiring him to come in and make your defense the the best in the league, just like Dan Quinn. I expect there to be a drop off from the Broncos' defense going from Vic Fangio to, to Dan to yeah to, to mm-hmm. anyone, but even Dan Quinn is a defensive yes. coach. I expect that drop off. You you would bring him in to be that type of leader. Uh, I think he's a a few years away. I think this is something where George Payton's helping his guy out. He obviously likes him in in order to do this. He, for him to get the job, though, guys, what does he have to do? Because I don't really see a a path for him. The greatest interview of his life. He wasn't even mentioned in that Woody tweet. (laughs) He wasn't. Shows you kind of where he's at. I mean, I think he's got to just blow everyone away. And even then... I don't think that's necessarily going to be enough for him to get the head coaching job right now. And one of the reasons why I've seen a lot of Broncos fans really down on a couple of guys, Kellen Moore being one of them recently, and Jonathan Gannon being another, is so many people, including in our chat right now on YouTube, which if you're tuning in live, go to YouTube, hit us with a thumbs up when you're there, subscribe, turn on alerts, because we're going live every single day. We want you to join us. We'd really appreciate the like. But one of the things that people keep saying is, Eagles fans want teams to take Jonathan Gannon. They want him gone. Uh, well, Cowboys fans. Fangio. Exactly. Lions <laughs> fans don't want Aaron Glenn gone. But Eagles yeah, fans are gone. like, yeah. yeah. Gannon, uh, take him, please. And, and Cowboys fans, they want Kellen Moore gone, which is kind of crazy for what he's been able to do. So who do they want uh, as head coach then? Because I thought they wanted McCarthy gone too. I think they want Dan Quinn to be their head coach. Ah! Yeah, I've seen a lot yeah. of people wanting that in the past couple of days. Uh, but they anyways, fell in love it, with him that night he had to fill in. For uh, McCarthy in New Orleans, I think. Mm, yep, yep. But but that that's something where obviously you don't judge your head coach search off that. But it is interesting, and I think that's why a lot of fans are very much out on Kellen Moore and Jonathan Gannon is they see other fans of those teams saying, take him, and they're like, what? We're going to promote this guy when this team doesn't even want him? What did I see? Something really concerning came out about uh, Kellen Moore in the last 24 hours. You guys, Did you guys see that? about oh, I don't know something about not hairstyle no it was like not having the players prepared for something or mm. and it was just like oh he's a little in, in over his head in that moment maybe I can't remember what maybe it was. calling a QB sneak on uh, uh with 14 it seconds left with wa- no timeouts it wasn't about that <laughs> dang it maybe someone in the comments saw it. it was on Twitter yesterday of a quote from a player or Oh, 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 um, it's coming to me. It's coming to me. Okay, all right, all right. It was Troy Aikman okay. uh, on the radio talking about how the Niners were bringing four, but not necessarily just playing zone coverage and, you know, just trying to take stuff away. And he's like, they were only rushing four, but they had CeeDee Lamb in man coverage. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if that was me and Michael Irvin, CeeDee Lamb would have had 11 catches in the first mm-hmm. quarter. And then he went on to say... Mm-hmm. Um, something along the lines of like coaches these days are so caught up in running their plays and running their schemes. We used to just say like, if he's going to play that far off of you right. and play right. man, just go run a 10 yard hook and I'll hit right. you. Right. Yeah. Right. Here's the quote. Like, and he's talking about kind of coordinators in general, but clear, like he's implying this about right. Kelmore right. quote, the coordinators it's all about scheme rather than the corners playing soft. He's scared to death. Just run the route tree. Just run a comeback, run a dig route, run a curl, run anything. And you're going to complete the pass whenever you want. Michael Irvin would have had 10 catches at halftime if they had played us, the 90s Cowboys, the way the Niners played CeeDee Lamb in that game. So I just don't quite understand that. It's interesting. 
I was at Madden's memorial service yesterday in Oakland, and Peyton Manning was there. Everything comes back to Peyton, right? Of course. And we got to talking about the game, and I had this conversation with him, and he agreed. Oh. So that means that <laughs> Kellen Moore has officially checked yes. out the Broncos' yes. agency list with Peyton Manning out on him. Peyton's out on him. I'm also out on him. Yep, and that means the Broncos are out on him. And I'm sure Peyton was the same way. You know, you want to play soft on Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne? Just you, turn around. I'll throw you the ball. You want to guard? You want to guard Reggie Wayne with Rock Alexander? <laughs> Have fun. The I evil mean, laugh. Good luck. Isn't that isn't that also what we're talking about? Is being able to adjust. What whether it's adjust yes. mid season like Cliff Kingsbury. Whether it's adjusting mid game. Whether it's adjusting to your personnel who you have because someone got injured. And that's something that you kind of need as a head coach. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It's there's a theory that some people in football have had over the years on coach hiring. Some some that prefer defensive coaches, and they say. They're better problem solvers. They're better at adjusting because defense is ultimately, ultimately adapting to what the offense throws at you and having a counter for that. And that sometimes offensive coaches, they get kind of too locked into what they're doing because they're trying to, to set the pace. They're trying to set the, they're, they're trying to, to, to attack. And yet it's the, the teams that maybe have someone defensive at the top that tend to kind of adapt better. And an example here. Why, why John Fox was the right person when the Broncos hired him is I don't know that an offensive coach would have looked at Tim Tebow and said, all right, uh, let's scrap everything we're doing mm -hmm. and construct a game plan that this guy who can't control, complete yeah. more than 47% of his, his passes, let's, consult, let, let's construct a plan that works, ball control, and take the occasional shot. Yep. John Fox, to his credit, did that. I'm not sure that an offensive coach who was really attached to their scheme in charge of a team would do the same thing. I, that, and, you know, like, I, I, I legitimately want to update my coach uh, favorites because I think Kellen Moore is still on there. It's, like, number three. Let's um, do that. Can we do that? We can do that. Yeah, let, we will do that. <laughs> I don't know. If we, I don't want to throw that on Marissa uh, as she's producing her first Bronco show here, but we'll do it after the show, uh, and we'll get those tweeted out. Um being able to see what the defense is doing and reacting to that and attacking it in that way is like day one of offensive coordinator school. It's got to be, right? Um, Ideally. So that that really – like hearing two, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks talk about that and be like, you know, this guy didn't give his team the best chance to win because he couldn't – Re realize what the defense is doing and react to that, that that's concerning or even just adapt to conditions i, I mean, mean that's like madden at, 101 look, it look, is but look, <laughs> yeah. at the, look at the patriots the game that they won in buffalo when it was you know 40 mile an hour wins and that's belichick and mcdaniels and belichick at his heart a defensive guy saying okay we got to adapt what we're doing here we have to change we have to change based on what we're facing in this moment well and that's something that the patriots do incredibly well right. and that that's one of the things that it's like why doesn't every team take this one week they can come out and pass it 55 times the next week they can come out and run it 55 times it just seems so obvious yet so few teams do it it's clearly difficult and guys my last thing about both of these guys Jonathan Gannon and Gerard Mayo is one of the things they have to do is they have to come in to win to, to get this job they have to come 
come in with the best plan for their coaching staff. And quarterback. They, yeah. it's definitely. Because Dan Quinn can come in, and he has more more credit. And, and, and George Payton isn't going to be as critical on what his coaching staff is going to look like because he's got experience. He can hire the young guys because he's an older guy, so he can mentor those guys. These guys, Gerard Mayo and Jonathan Gannon, have to smash it out of the park with who they're going to hire. And it's probably more difficult to do that, to convince someone that, yeah, I'm going to go hire this guy that's been in the league for 30 years to be my offensive coordinator. That was Pat Shermer. Right. That, that, that's what the Broncos have had. That's the Mike McCoy. That's the, uh, the Billy Moose. That's all of these guys. So I, I think it's going to be much harder for them to do that, and they're going to have to in order to get Isn't the it job. funny how age – is appealing in defensive coordinators and a turnoff with offensive coordinators <laughs> yeah, because really they've is. seen everything. Like one, right. one of the advantages of like a Wade Phillips is that he's seen he had seen everything thrown at him yep. as a defensive coordinator over the decades, and so you know, like uh, you're you're seeing this ga- this game plan. Yeah, and he's like, well, you know, he can sit in the meeting and talk about how he saw something like that in 1990. Um, you know, but then like remember, RPO remember, comes remember, around remember, and you've got to be right. you've got to come up with a new right. thing, but you're used to coming up with new things. Remember when Larry Coyer was the Broncos defensive coordinator? He was like a lifer. He'd yeah. been in college, the USFL, so, uh, everywhere. Miami guy? Uh, Coyer? Yeah. Well, I don't think so. No, never was at Miami. No, okay. I don't think so. But the thing about him was like at that moment, Shanahan, like Shanahan, the GM, was kind of in the letting down Shanahan, the coach. Right. So it was very much like, other than you, you'd get a Champ Bailey or a John Lynch, but then you'd get like, oh, let's get some ex Browns defensive linemen and try to figure this out, and you know, let's let's bring in these other spare parts and try to put them together. And Coyer was very good from his experience at maximizing those guys and then adapting them to what they saw on a week to week basis. And so you had under Coyer four years of pretty good defense. Now, again, it would get exposed when you had to throw Rock Alexander out there against Reggie Wayne. But for the most part, it was his problem-solving that allowed the Broncos to be a good team in those days on the defensive side. Larry Coyer's coaching resume is insane. It has like 60 teams on it. He's coaching for Martins Ferry High School. Then he's with the Memphis Showboats. Uh, I mean, that's a big Fangio route, right? All the way to the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. The guy went went everywhere. But, you know, you look at some of the the defensive coaches that have just hung around for a while, and like Vic Fangio's resume, like that that dude's been pretty much everywhere, it seems like. Every level. Yeah. Well, if you want experience, you should head on down to Green Mountain Dental Group. They are the most experienced in the metro area when it comes to getting your teeth right. And when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam over at Green Mountain Dental Group, they're going to hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush so you can keep your teeth pearly and white, even when you're not in the chair over at Green Mountain Dental. Just 15 minutes outside of Denver over there in Lakewood. Check them out. You'll love them. They'll treat you like family. You'll talk coaching search the whole time. And you're going to have to go to Green Mountain Dental after sucking down so much Strava Craft coffee because you're going to love Strava Craft coffee. It packs so many two-in-one punches. The first one is... It's not just delicious coffee, but it has that CBD punch, which can help relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on, it can help relieve. Some people even say it gets rid of the coffee jitters, so you can have a cup of coffee without feeling any jitters. And the second punch that it packs is if you use the code DNVR, 
over at StravaCraft Coffee. DNVR25 at checkout on StravaCraftCoffee.com. You'll get 25% off your first purchase of Strava. And then if you subscribe after that, you'll save 20% off every single order you do after that. And you can even have it set up to, to be delivered every two, four, six, eight weeks, or however often you'd prefer. It'll show up straight to your door at 20% off. They also have delicious flavors, so you got to check them out over at StravaCraftCoffee.com and use that code DNVR25. All right, guys, let's jump into the comments here. Quickly want to remind you that if you want to have your comments read, you become a member at thednvr.com. And not only will you get your comments read on the show, but you'll also get access to all of the awesome written content we've been doing on this coaching shirts. You'll get member beers when you come down here to the DNVR bar, which are six ounces bigger for the same exact price as uh, the normies, if you will. Uh, so become a member, join, and uh, and... You'll get your comments read like we're about to do. First, I think we have a couple super chats. And really quick, before we hit those, if you're tuning in live, this is also a podcast. Yes, so if you can't tune in live, make sure to find us on podcast. Just search Broncos anywhere you find podcasts. We'll be the first one that pops up. DNVR Broncos. Sure will be. All right, let's get to these uh, super chats real quick. Then we'll hop into the comment section. First one here from Jelly. Uh, here we go. Oh, yay, another defensive guy. Okay, cool. Who is our franchise quarterback and how do we get them? Not a bridge or even an elite bridge, Aaron Rodgers, that have five years left. We need our Josh, uh, Pat, and Justin. Who's ours? Uh, they're not out there right now. So. That I mean, that's just straight up the question. It, it, if, if a guy comes in and says, I can guarantee you I will draft – the next Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin, that's the guy that you're, you're hiring. If you can guarantee that it's just, uh, it's not easy to find those guys, but something you have to do is you have to be willing to draft those guys. The Broncos haven't done that since Paxton Lynch. And I even make the argument that drafting a quarterback in the twenties is not a true investment. Yeah. And a couple of mock drafts out today, one from Mel Kuyper Jr. One from Dane Brugler, both have the Broncos going inside linebacker at number nine. Doesn't scream quarter. Man, would be funny. you move on from Vic and then do that. That he, would be funny. Yeah, the thing is, though, whether it's trading for a top-level quarterback or picking one or making a deal, that first-round pick or some combination of second-round picks, it's going to the quarterback. It, one way or the other, it's going to be involved with getting a new quarterback here. I certainly hope yeah. so. Yep, Mike Kliss saying today that he thinks the Broncos will go the trade for a yeah. veteran route again. That could Shocker. be really exciting. It could, it could be. also be really disappointing. It very well could be you if could, it's one of the top two. You, also, yeah, you could talk me into Jimmy Garoppolo with Carson Strong, take those twos, back it, take a second-round pick, move to the back end of, the, of round one. Is Mike McDaniel the OC? Yes. <laughs> and then you tell Carson Strong, all right, you got that knee, have, some, have the surgery you need, get healthy, and we'll see you in 23. Uh, I don't. I don't hate it. That's for sure. I mean, we talked you about you're yesterday. You're not in love I, with it. But I, I, well, I, I'll take I, anything with Mike McDaniel. To I be do. I do not like it. And yeah. the reason I just I want to go all in on one guy. Jane Norvell kind of sold me on Carson Strong. Well, then go all in mm. on him. I, I'm down for that. Well, go, I'm going go all, all in, in on him by saying, look. We're gonna give you a year to get to get the knee right and get healthy because that's yeah. the that's but the question. Is, isn't on him. the thing with Arm, Carson talent, Strong? Brain, that's not the problem. Isn't the thing with Carson Strong though that it's not his knee is an issue this year? It's a potential that his knee is never going to be right. That's but there's also it depends on what the medicals reveal because one thing you could find out it might take a, a significant surgery like literally a transplant of a cadaver ligament into his knee. That's the most kind of extreme if thing. If he's a Bronco, he can have mine. 
Yeah. Well, there I, we I go. appreciate your generosity. Hey, John, 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 John can give him his other one. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Good call. But that's the surgery that has that may have the best chance to get him right. But it's a it's a full year recovery. Okay. I, the good yeah. thing is, is if I think that's the case, right. uh, if that's the case, I don't think you're going to have to pick him with the high pick. But I, I love Strong's arm talent, and I love how much Jay Norvell put on him pre-snap at Nevada. So he comes into the NFL already able to handle a lot cerebrally. All right, guys, we got to move a little yeah. bit quicker here. I've got a semi-hard out here. Okay. Um, not to be confused with the semi-hard on. Uh, Ian B, wow. uh, don't forget that uh, fan pessimism regarding Quinn. Be- Wait, sorry, don't. Get, don't get don't the get fan the fan pessimism, pessimism regarding, regarding Quinn, Quinn because he was fired, lost the Super Bowl. Who hasn't been fired? Strange times considering we just had two head coaches. Strange litmus t- lit, lit, litmus is what he said. Oh, sorry. Strange uh, litmus considering we just had two coaches who were hard who could hardly string wins together. Sorry, these lights are right in my eyes. As I <laughs> <read those. laughs> they are bright today. And I mean, E and B. This comes down to I think we talked about this before the show. The John Fox. You know, John Fox was a guy that was going to to become stable and bring stability uh, and and leadership to an organization. That there's no doubt that Dan Quinn's going to be great in that department and a good head coach. It's just, do you want to go for the guy with the high floor and maybe a more limited ceiling, or do you want to go mm-hmm. with the guy with a low floor, i.e. one of the unknown guys, with potentially a, a much higher ceiling? And that's something that George Payton has to decide. What we found out from the moves he's made so far is he likes going the safe route. So that would absolutely point to Dan Quinn. And yep. the other thing is, I mean, imagine Bronco history. If they hadn't hired Mike Shanahan, who was fired during a season by the Raiders, if they hadn't ha- had not hired John Fox, who went two and fourteen his last season with Carolina, if they hadn't brought in Gary Kubiak, who was two and eleven and got fired in Houston in his final season, is every Broncos Super Bowl appearance even led by a coach who was a retread? No, because Red Miller was a first-time okay. head coach, and so was Dan Reeves. Every Broncos Super Bowl win, right? Every win was led by a retread. I think if you look in the past. 10 years or 12 years more coaches that have won the super bowl have been first time head coaches though yep by the way who did dan quinlan lose to in a super bowl a retread yep it's Mm -hmm. true it's true and who did he win a super bowl with a retread retread. really quick guys (laughs) gotta get your uh who who would you like more gerard mayo or jonathan gannon if if it was down to those two mayo mayo and you don't like it either no you like it mace i'm fine i'm fine if look that's where I'd be really saying, okay, trust George Payton. That would be a big I one. I want to know what his staff looks like. I mean, is, is he bringing in some old some old hands? Like, is he calling up Romeo Cornell to be his assistant head coach? That sort of thing. Right. You could sell me on that if you've got people around him who are kind of guide who are kind of guiding him and pointing him in the right direction. Yeah, Ryan's Ryan's light on mail. I'm going heavy mail. I'd be okay with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want either one. I don't. Not at all. You want mayo um, with olive oil? Mayo mm, with a little chip, little wasabi. That, that's what we can speak hey, my language a little. I bit. mean, you know what? I mean, May, Gerard Mayo would lend himself to headlines, right? Like if he he's would. angry, we could say, "Ooh, that's some spicy mayo today." Yeah, Man, I I hope that there's an assistant coach you could hire whose last name would be Aioli. Yes. And you yeah. mayo, well, you could get Aioli. Nick Aliotti. Mm, close yeah. enough. Close yes. enough. And so, if someone hugs Gerard Mayo after a big win. Are we captioning it by saying, hold the mayo? Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, Marissa, would you mind bringing back just the regular live chat? Uh, we'll keep rolling along in the comments here. 
Mile high till I die. I've been trying to figure out uh, if the Broncos will re-sign Melvin Gordon this offseason. I think it will end up depending on whether or not we get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. If we get one of those two, we probably won't need two starting caliber running backs and may not be able to afford Melvin regardless. However much I want one of those two quarterbacks, I see the scenarios as unlikely. Uh, and in the case that they aren't coming to save the day, I think we should re-sign Melvin. Uh, whether we trade for Garoppolo, ride with Locke, or draft a QB, we will likely be dealing with middling quarterback play or worse, and we will need to rely on an elite running game and defense to pick up the slack. Also, from Melvin's perspective, it could make sense to stay in Denver. He could potentially prolong his career uh, by splitting carries with Javante and taking less damage over time I, as a result. I would say simply, if Russell Wilson is a Bronco, I think Melvin Gordon will take a pay cut to stick with his old college teammate. They were together back in 2011 Wisconsin. I know they both think very fondly of each other. I don't even think you need Russell Wilson here. I, for, From what I've been told, remember how uh, Melvin Gordon's had interviews where he's very passionate about wanting mm -hmm. to be a Bronco? That's 100% true, and I've heard he would be willing to take a little bit of a discount to make that happen. There you go, Melvin I like Bronco. I want him around. I like him too. My boys, I have a theory. Joe Ellis already knows who the buyer of the team is. George Payton is consulting with the owner regarding the coaching search. Just a theory. But you never know. Cheers. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You think they know who it is? I think they have a pretty darn good idea. Well, if that's the case, then you don't believe in the auction. Because the auction, it could change. You, you don't know who's going to be the highest bidder. It's it's true, but I just think they they have a general idea who's going to come in with the highest bid. Is it Peyton? Potentially. Mm. I think they have an idea, but the auction format means that that i that I, that idea can anything get can happen away yeah. that that's that, i think they have an idea like where it's trend where it's trending but it's still open for somebody to say i'm going to write a check for six billion dollars and just blow the market away and that's it i gotta you say be down I, to consult peyton manning on anything anyway sure but that that's different than mm -hmm. than acting as, as if he's going to be the owner i if you if you think you know who the owner's going to be i wish you could be in the the interviews i wish you would just make this process happen in the season I agree. You know, so you, so you could have that guy here now. All right, guys, we have time for one more here. Coach Tobin, awesome coverage of the coaching search and the ownership details, boys. I'm well informed. I'm guessing once the coach is hired, that's when we'll have a better idea on who the quarterback will be. I'm getting my dad set up to be a member for his birthday. He's retired and wants to listen to the pods and comment. I'm coaching him not to use profanity as he's been a Broncos fan for seven decades. Soon we will visit the bar together. Much yeah. love. <laughs> I love it, Coach Tobin. That is so, so cool. You can and use we'll... as much profanity as you want when you come to the bar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we'll definitely have to give your dad a birthday shout out when he gets in. Uh, and um, as for when we're going to know about who the quarterback is, it's going to be a while. Yeah. Or will it? The uh, the Broncos or the the Rams traded for Matthew Stafford at the end of January last year. Okay, if they go veteran quarterback route, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, what maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, that could happen soon after a coach is hired. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers made it clear uh, about a month ago that he wants to have his future decided very soon after the season's over. His season could be over on Saturday night. It's very possible, and uh, the Broncos. Just got it. We just for us, we just got to know who Dan Quinn is in Cabo with, just like Sean McVay <laughs> exactly, and Matt Exactly. All right, that's gonna wrap it well, up. He's for... not gonna be in Cabo. That's me trying to put together a staff in Cabo. Yeah. <laughs> that's where I'd be putting together my staff. Uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us today on the DMVR Broncos podcast. One last shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, MSU Denver edu slash online, where you can scope out all they have to offer. Two more interviews today. Uh, gonna be in the books here soon. Two more interviews tomorrow. And then one more after that before we can really start to narrow this thing down. Stay with us on the DNVR Broncos podcast all the way through. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.
I'll take 